Section 17 of Pirates of Panama, The Buccaneers of America by A. O. Esquemelin, translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 12, Part 2 At last, Captain Morgan, seeing the other ships did not come, made a review of his people, and found only about five hundred men. The ships wanting were seven, he having only eight in his company, of which the greatest part were very small. Having hitherto resolved to cruise on the coast of Caracas, and to plunder the towns and villages there, finding himself at present with such small forces, he changed his resolution by advice of a French captain in his fleet. This Frenchman, having served Lollanois in the like enterprises, and at the taking of Maracaibo, knew all the entries, passages, forces, and means, how to put in execution the same again in company of Captain Morgan, to whom, having made a full relation of all, he concluded to sack it the second time, being himself persuaded, with all his men, of the facility the Frenchman propounded. Hereupon they weighed anchor, and steered towards Curaçao. Being come within sight of it, they landed at another island near it, called Ruba, about twelve leagues from Curaçao to the west. This island, defended by a slender garrison, is inhabited by Indians subject to Spain, and speak Spanish, by reason of the Roman Catholic religion, here cultivated by a few priests sent from the neighboring continent. The inhabitants exercised commerce or trade with the pirates that go or come this way. They buy of the islanders sheep, lambs, and kids, which they exchange for linen, thread, and like things. The country is very dry and barren, the whole substance thereof consisting in those three things, and in a little indifferent wheat. This isle produces many venomous insects, as vipers, spiders, and others. These last are so pernicious that a man bitten by them dies mad, and the manner of recovering such is to tie them very fast both hands and feet, and so to leave them twenty-four hours, without eating or drinking anything. Captain Morgan, as was said, having cast anchor before this island, bought of the inhabitants sheep, lambs, and wood for all his fleet. After two days he sailed again in the night, to the intent that they might not see what course he steered. Next day they arrived at the sea of Maracaibo, taking great care not to be seen from Vigilia, for which reason they anchored out of sight of it. Night being come, they set sail again towards the land, and next morning, by break of day, were got directly over against the bar of the said lake. The Spaniards had built another fort since the action of Lalanois, whence they now fired continually against the pirates, while they put their men into boats to land. The dispute continued very hot, being managed with great courage from morning till dark night. This being come, Captain Morgan, in the obscurity thereof, drew nigh the fort, which having examined, he found nobody in it, the Spaniards having deserted it not long before. They left behind them a match, lighted near a train of powder, to have blown up the pirates and the whole fortress as soon as they were in it. This design had taken effect, had not the pirates discovered it in a quarter of an hour, but Captain Morgan, snatching away the match, saved both his own and his companions' lives. They found here much powder, whereof he provided his fleet, and then demolished part of the walls, nailing sixteen pieces of ordnance, from twelve to twenty-four pounders. Here they also found many muskets and other military provisions. Next day they commanded the ships to enter the bar, 
among which they divided the powder, muskets, and other things found in the fort. Then they embarked again to continue their course towards Maracaibo. But the waters, being very low, they could not pass a certain bank at the entry of the lake. Hereupon they were compelled to go in canoes and small boats, with which they arrived next day before Maracaibo, having no other defence than some small pieces which they could carry in the said boats. Being landed, they ran immediately to the fort de la Barra, which they found as the precedent, without any person in it, for all were fled into the woods, leaving also the town without any people, unless a few miserable folks who had nothing to lose. As soon as they had entered the town, the pirates searched every corner, to see if they could find any people that were hid, who might offend them unawares. Not finding anybody, every party, as they came out of their several ships, chose what houses they pleased. The church was deputed for the common corps du garde, where they lived after their military manner, very insolently. Next day after they sent a troop of a hundred men to seek for the inhabitants and their goods. These returned next day, bringing with them thirty persons, men, women, and children, and fifty mules laden with good merchandise. All these miserable people were put to the rack, to make them confess where the rest of the inhabitants were, and their goods. Among other tortures, one was to stretch their limbs with cords, and then to beat them with sticks and other instruments. Others had burning matches placed betwixt their fingers, which were thus burnt alive. Others had slender cords or matches twisted about their heads, till their eyes burst out. Thus all inhumane cruelties were executed on those innocent people. Those who would not confess, or who had nothing to declare, died under the hands of those villains. These tortures and racks continued for three whole weeks, in which time they sent out daily parties to seek for more people to torment and rob, they never returning without booty and new riches. Captain Morgan, having now gotten into his hands about a hundred of the chief families, with all their goods, at last resolved for Gibraltar, as Lollanois had done before. With this design he equipped his fleet, providing it sufficiently with all necessaries. He put likewise on board all the prisoners, and weighing anchor, set sail with resolution to hazard a battle. They had sent before some prisoners to Gibraltar, to require the inhabitants to surrender, otherwise Captain Morgan would certainly put them all to the sword, without any quarter. Arriving before Gibraltar, the inhabitants received him with continual shooting of great cannon-bullets, but the pirates, instead of fainting hereat, ceased not to encourage one another, saying, we must make one meal upon bitter things, before we come to taste the sweetness of the sugar this place affords. Next day, very early, they landed all their men, and being guided by the Frenchmen above said, they marched towards the town, not by the common way, but crossing through the woods, which way the Spaniards scarce thought they would have come, for at the beginning of their march they made as if they intended to come the next, and open the way to the town, hereby to deceive the Spaniards, but these, remembering full well what Lalanois had done but two years before, thought it not safe to expect a second brunt, and hereupon all fled out of the town as fast as they could, carrying all their goods and riches, as also all the powder, and having nailed all the great guns, so as the pirates found not one person in the whole city, but one poor innocent man who was born a fool. This man they asked whether the inhabitants were fled, and where they had hid their goods. To all which questions and the like, he constantly answered, I know nothing, I know nothing. But they presently put him to the rack, and tortured him with cords, which torments forced him to cry out, Do not torture me any more, but come with me, and I will show you my goods and my riches. 
They were persuaded, it seems, he was some rich person disguised under those clothes so poor, and that innocent tongue. So they went along with him, and he conducted them to a poor, miserable cottage, wherein he had a few earthen dishes, and other things of no value, and three pieces of eight, concealed with some other trumpery underground. Then they asked him his name, and he readily answered, My name is Don Sebastian Sanchez, and I am brother unto the governor of Maracaibo. This foolish answer, it must be conceived, these inhuman wretches took for truth, for no sooner had they heard it, but they put him again upon the rack, lifting him up on high with cords, and tying huge weights to his feet and neck. Besides which, they burnt him alive, applying palm-leaves burning to his face. End of chapter 12, part 2